Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can ignore you. Put it up for the Wigan Warriors. What's up, West Coast Cam? Hi, Don. It's really hot in my garage today. It's like 90 degrees outside. So it's probably like a hundred in here. Well, you know what? You probably need to lose a little weight anyway. Yeah, I mean, you still you you went three ninety five last weekend. You're still trying to get to three ninety. Just saying. I did. I would have went three eighty something if throttle cable didn't snap. But it's a funny thing about those throttle cables. Yeah, it's a true story. Hey, but you had I mean, a good weekend, right? No, it was good. I I mean, yeah, I mean. Barring the throttle cable, I mean, obviously we weren't going to go 360 or 370 or whatever she ran uh, anyway first round. But, I mean, yeah, we got a decent run down the track on in qualifying, got in the show, qualified, which was awesome. And then first round, we Johnny kind of tickled the fuel system a little bit more, trying to see, because obviously these last two races, there's going to be a ton of cars probably, so we got to speed it up a little bit to try to get in the show. And it responded. I mean, I know uh, most but the fast guys, they haul ass to half track. You know, they're almost doing, you know, 300 to the half track, but we were 275 to the eighth, and that's that's pretty good for us. Normally, we're like 262 or 265, so it was 10 miles an hour faster to half track. So, I mean, that that uh, obviously it was responding, but unfortunately the, the throttle cable broke. So um, it's all good. We'll get it fixed up for Vegas and, and see what happens and see if we can finish out the year with fingers crossed at least around when. Well, I mean, it's inevitable, dude. It's coming. I mean, you yeah. got. I mean, I guess I can technically say that I have a round win this year because I did win down in Australia, but not on the state side. So that's in a like, top fuel car. So that's like when we get real. You know, we're getting specific. You know, yeah. If you on a technicality, right? Well, it would be like me talking to my wife and the number of round wins that I had this year. I have had two round wins in the t- the new car, and yes, they were both red lights. Hey, man, they don't ask that. They just ask how many rounds you won. Uh, I'm sure somewhere Lewis Bloom's got his pencil out and writing it down on a piece <laughs> of paper or something. So I wouldn't doubt it. Nonetheless. Oh, so it's uh, off week. What yeah. What's what, what's the what's the plan before I get all spun up? Because I'm telling you right now, I'm getting spun up. Well, I love when it gets spun up because it makes the it makes these episodes a lot more funny. Ah. Uh, but this week, actually, um, yes, it's a home week, but I'm not going to be home. Uh, we are going to Scottsdale, Arizona, to uh, visit uh, my father and mother-in-law. Um, there's a Halloween party and stuff going on down there, and we're going to take uh, Angie and the baby to go hang out down there. And pick up a trailer in the process. So, what you're going to what a Halloween party at the nursing home? What a nursing home? No, no, at at Angie's dad's house in Scottsdale. Oh, oh, I, oh, oh, I'm sorry. When you said in laws, I just always think of like elderly folks. Sorry. No. What Timmy, Timmy B is? I think he's only like. <laughs> early 60s or even like 58 maybe okay so over or under on the fact that that he will or will not have a shot of fireball under but will he drink a plethora of wine yes <laughs> oh god we're back on the wine thing again 
So, so since he's a wine drinker, what can I say? He's not much of a cocktail drinker, but um, I'll uh, I'll give him a run for his. I I, I can't take say that because he'll drink them at the table, but I'll give it a shot to to enjoy it with my father-in-law. Is yes. he t- is he taller than Angie? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> so she's four six. So he's like what four seven? Yeah, pretty much. You you're you're playing with fire, man. She's gonna listen to you. You're gonna get some more hate mail. <laughs> They're all fired up. There is nothing funnier than getting hate mail from the wife of your co-host on the <laughs> podcast. I'm sorry. That's it's taking me back to my military days when when I would make a decision about weekend workloads or something on holidays or three day or four day training weekend, and the next thing I know, I'm, my cell phone or email is getting blown up by a soldier's wife or mom or somebody i ruined somebody's birthday party uh family get together oh yeah fill it up tell tell angie, oh, yeah. tell angie she gonna have to stack it high pack a lunch and bring some friends because i got big shoulders and we can go for days oh yeah dude she was all riled up about that <laughs> She's like he owes me burnouts in his car now <laughs> i'm 411 thank you very much oh <laughs> uh, i'll take it however i can get it uh, all right so we're, Why are you all riled up and fired up about? <sighs> Man, oh, I, hey, first off, I had a long weekend, first weekend home in a long time, trying to get the shop organized to get ready for off-season 2020 prep, and uh, those three I little... I bring le- my super comp car over to your house and work on it, the poor Do, thing's so neglected. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put, hey, put it in a hauler, send it out here, I'll fix that thing up just like we're working on the Camaro, the trailer, the truck, and we'll get it all stuffed in this barn out here. Uh, That's fine. Then you can store it all. Then we'll just fly in and race out there. You know, race out here in the Midwest. Sure. Tell tell Angie. We'll you know she keeps it on me about wanting to do burnouts in the top sportsman car. So I was like, so have you ever driven a door car? And she's like, (laughs) no. And I'm like, so we're just gonna jump right into a 200 mile an hour top sportsman car and start doing burnouts. All right. Why not? I I like your mindset. Don't know if I like your decision-making process, but I like your mindset. <laughs> so, man, I I had somebody a couple weeks ago kind of get me fired up about something. They were talking about race car drivers. Race car drivers. Now, I'm probably going to offend you. Now, I'm going to offend the top fuel cam. I'm probably not going to offend the bracket racing super comp cam, but I'm going to offend the top four <laughs> there we cam. Go. There so, we go. so I, I'm just, I want to know the honest opinion here from you before I really get, I mean, I'm like on record, you know, how record players, old school record players had like 33 and a third, 33 and a half speed, 45 speed. I, I'm just at 33 right now no, I'm, before I jump up to 45. So is it harder to drive in a straight line when all you have to do is let go. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Freaking. Oh, God. I might have to get up and go get a blood pressure pill. I'm going to have to go get get up and get a a glass of wine. (laughs) Yeah. Huh? I'm having that for dinner tonight at Wine Wednesday, uh, your favorite uh, Wine Wednesday. So I can't drink beers before then. Yeah, is that what it is? I knew you couldn't mix your alcohol. Anyway. Huh? I'm no rookie. So, so tell me, is it? Is it? Is what it, is your question? Is it hard? It, is it harder to drive both ends of the racetrack, or is it harder just to let go and drive in a straight line? 
So I'm going to give you a distinction. I call them race car riders versus race car drivers. Riding, it's like going to the amusement park, pay 20 bucks, climb in. They put that little thing, the horse collar over your shoulder. You sit there and it goes. Riding in my dragster. Riding in your dragster, <laughs> right? Huh? Yeah. Do, t- do, yep. t- do tell. Do tell. I, I'd like to, you know, I, I mean. Here's the thing. I can't really compare the two because there's two completely separate mindsets when it comes to driving a top field car versus bracket racing. Bracket racing is a complete and total mental game at 180 miles an hour. It's like playing poker at 180, right? It's like, it's like what do they what do they do the they play poker in the boring, right? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Now, top fuel, it's you're. Because it, let's let's face it, in a, if you even if you're bracket racing or whatever, you're not thinking about the driving part. You're thinking about the other opponent, and you're thinking about where you are in track placement. You're thinking about where the finish line is, what your light was. You're running through so much stuff in those seven or eight seconds or whatever, right? Versus in a top fuel car, you're just looking to not die. I'm mean, no, just kidding, <laughs> um, but, but I mean you're. You're you're actually driving. You're focusing more on the actual driving part because it's a finesse thing, right? You want to be as straight as possible, and there's a lot of elements that can happen, unexpected elements like smoking the tires, shaking the tires, blowing it up, dropping a cylinder, things like that. So you're physically driving the car versus not having a mental capacity of playing poker at high speed. Uh. <laughs> oh shit uh, i'm serious come on man look seriously so i mean how many how many in car so videos? you're saying that a guy that uh, races a 10 a 10 second no nope. a 10 second super nope. straighter is a race car driver nope. or not a race car driver? nope it, what's he doing is he driving down a racetrack is he doing anything else except just holding on a steering wheel and staying in a groove I just want to know. I'm, I'm just asking. It's just an, it's, it's a simple question. Are you holding on to the steering wheel and staying in the groove, doing the best you possibly can? Physically? I'm, I'm, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Physically, yes. They're both doing that. Mentally, it's two different mindsets. Right? I, man, I, do you, so with in the a mindset. Car, I'm going to drive that mother effort to the sand trap if I have to in order to get it there and I'm going to do everything possible that I can or whatever I'm instructed to do at the time um, to do my job versus in my own personal car. I mean, uh, it just depends if I'm going to set up hot or cold or whatever. Right. It's different. It's different mind games. Oh, so what you're trying to like, that's like asking, that's like asking a girl like in high school, the mind games they played in high school, if they're the same as they play in college. Uh, dude, first off, <laughs> not even close. Okay, yeah. not even close. First, yeah. uh, first off, you're talking about talking to a woman and trying to get an honest answer. I mean, <laughs> do, go ask your wife. She's she's gonna deflect like there's no tomorrow. She's from Canada. She's gonna. I mean, no, not a chance. I'm just saying. No, I look. Here's my thing. You cannot. There is nothing that's more irritating than someone to say, "Man." That guy, he is on fire. He is driving the hell out of that car. And I'm sitting there going, 
What? You mean he let go on time and went to the other end of the racetrack? And it's what? He goes 300 miles an hour, goes 270, and you're trying, you're putting him on a pedestal? So he's driving something that's 300 inches long that truly by Newton's laws, when you start applying those factors in there, it's supposed to go straight. Supposed to. I did say that, preface that. Supposed to. And you're riding, dude. You're riding. How many? Do you have the balls to step on that? On dude, that I, I, hey, I'll tell you what. I guarantee <laughs> you this. I would be let. I bet I'm less scared of stepping on your pedal in your top fuel car than you would be to unkey in a hundred and five inch wheelbase and nah. let let it ride on the wheelie bars while nah. you sit and, and then try to take nope. a hunt at the finish line, buddy. Nope. nope. Huh? What? Nope. Tell me the last it time you took a hunt. T- t- tell me. I can't. Last. I can't compare to that because I've never driven a door car. Race cars don't have doors. Yes, race cars do I, have doors. I race cars. I don't know what you do, but no, I, you, race I cars, think you ride. And they don't car. have any doors. I think we might have to call this racers and riders. That's what I'm thinking. We might have to do this. Well, it's it's a perfect name actually, racers and rentals, because <laughs> rental cars have doors, so it it still works for you. <laughs> that's it. Hey, I, I'm I'm a hired gun, big guy. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, I can't. I hate when somebody says, "Oh, well, you know, they're doing so well." And it's yeah, like, yeah, but with that, with that said, X driver, right? There, there's a lot that you could debate that forever, right? It, a lot of it's the crew chief. Absolutely. If the, if the driver, if the driver leaves on time and can keep it in the groove and knows how to pedal it or whatever, or can pedal it at a certain amount of time, there, you're you're not adding in those extra those extra elements of team budget, etc that people don't really think about. Same thing in bracket racing, right? You could drive a 10-second door car and drive the wheels off of it, but you're at the end of the day, you're going 100 miles an hour or 110 miles an hour, right? Totally. Some of these foot brake cars, so are they really driving the wheels off of it? Mm, not really. No, not really. But you got that, I think that's, the, that's where it gets me all riled up, and I'm like, in comparison, people don't keep things in comparison. They want to compare apples and pineapples. Instead of there's no, apples there's and no, apples. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't have a, a real answer to your question, Don. <laughs> because they're two different mindsets. Oh, man. I, oh, I'm still. I, I just took a blood pressure pill, and I, it's not working yet. I might just take another one. I, anytime that I'm wearing my headphones here on the podcast and I can hear my heart beating in my own ears, it's always a problem. That's, that's just not good. Not good. I just, there's nothing that ruffles my feathers worse when somebody says that. I'm like, what? What? Somebody the other day sent me a text message and they said, hey, did you see where so-and-so went 633 at like 221? And I went, yeah, so? Man, isn't that awesome? No, not really. He's got a 900 freaking inch motor in the car and three guns. He should go 633 at 220-something. Why are you trying? Why do we just not compare things in the proper proper perspective? I it I just I, stop giving people more credit than what they. Man, can you believe so and so is going to be the world champ? So and so should be the world champ. Do you know how much money they've got invested in that deal? I I mean why? I don't know. I get I get. I'm not trying. I'm not being a Debbie Downer about things, but it's like. It's, no, somebody somebody told me that oh did you see so and so 
throw a fit or this and that. And I'm like, you know, cause they blew up the car and, and whatever. And we're stomping off like a little, like a little kid. And I'm like, if they only knew the struggles that I had, that we blow up a lot because we don't have that. We're trying to compete with that. You know it's like? So it, you can't, you can't even compare Apple again. It's, it's apples that like, like put yourself in my shoes. Like every run I'm doing everything I can not to blow it up. And they're per, and they're basically doing everything they can to blow it up because they have the money to to continue to blow it up. Which and and that's fine. I don't I don't care. Like go ahead. I wish I was them. I'm gonna be one day. You know, I, it, it's all good minus the fit throwing. But the fit throwing. Well, you know, and and, and I don't know. I don't know if we meant, if I mentioned this to you while we were in Charlotte, but I had a writer come up and make comment about how great it was to see. Justin Ashley go 383 in Q1, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I looked at the writer and I said, I went, yeah, that was good. I said, has he got a first-time crew chief? And they said, well, no, he's got Aaron Brooks. And I said, did you look, have, do you know what Aaron Brooks' resume is? They're like, well, yeah, but he's been out of the game for a while. And I went, do you know who kind of taught, mentored Aaron Brooks? Two letters, A J. I don't care. I don't care if Aaron Brooks decided to go drink margaritas, mai tais, and what's that other fruity drink that they serve in in Hawaii? Margaritas, mai tais, and what's the other one? Tequila sunrise. Tequila sunrises. I don't care if the, if Aaron Brooks goes sits on the beach and drinks all three of those for six months. He could come back and probably go three eighty three again. I mean, he. he I mean, it's great for Justin Ashley, but don't. It is. It is good for him because he's, I, a, he's I, I a just, good, fresh, young face, and he's a he's a nice kid. So, right. you know, and more power to him. I I think it's great. You know, on the side of yes, we need more young people. Blah blah blah. And I mean, he he's got the funding. Hell yeah! If I had if I had the funding, I'd be hiring Aaron Brooks or somebody like him too. You know, it, it, I mean, that's I I see no problems there. You know, it is what it is. But that's the difference between the fan and the inside person, right? The the general fan doesn't know all the all the the things and the nitty gritties that go on. They right. They look at a lot of this stuff, whether it's off road trucks or whatever. Like, there's so much more that goes into into this stuff that people don't that don't see and you know it that's just the way it always will be you know people are going to have their it's like their favorite sports team right i'm all these people that ha- like the yankees right didn't they just win something the only reason why i know that is because no, it, it they screwed did. up my evo no the yankees didn't <laughs> win anything it's the Ast- no it's the astros and the nationals oh okay well here there you go i don't, I don't <laughs> but i mean they they obviously did good, right? So they have all these great players, and they're going to make more money off of it, and then they're going to go buy even better players, right? It, you got to start somewhere, and I mean, if you start towards the top, cool. I I don't blame them. I do the same thing. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm over here in the let's keep things in perspective. When, well, yeah, but you're the, never going to get that. I mean, yeah. it, it, again, the general fan or the the general consumer basically they they'll never they'll never see the things and that's what's kind of cool about this podcast that you know as as more and more fans um hear this or hear about it or whatever they start listening and they're like oh i know i can tell you how many people come up to me and i'm like dude i never really 
I never really saw it that way or never heard anything about that or blah, blah, blah. And I mean, so that's what's cool. I mean, that's what the whole point. Yes, it's a business marketing thing or whatever, but it's also you get kind of the inside scoop of, of what really goes on, whether it's in the sportsman level, the pro level, whatever. Like, so. Yeah, I yeah. I was always intrigued in that as growing up. I, I'm very intrigued on how, how people make money, like whether, you know, how they're successful in business or whatever, or how they got to where they're going, whether it's in supercross or if it's in hockey, whatever, like how did, I'm always interested in those stories. How did that person go from the kid that just played soccer with me or kickball on, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, in the neighborhood to being the next supercross champion or the next monster truck driver like what what was their path and that always intrigued me so i mean if i can share that with others that that intrigues them cool absolutely and 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 i'm not gonna harp on this we're gonna get going but i here just wanted to make you to to kind of make your eyebrows raise the you may or may not have because i know you're like doing that whole teaching thing but did you see today we're see uh cbd md Signed as title is the official all, sponsor yeah, of Supercross. Dude, come on. I, there's certain things that I do not miss, and oh, that, was, that was one of them. It was really funny there because all the writers that were sponsored by the different ones yep. posted like all these memes that was like, "Yes, no, you can't." They had one that was this Letterkenny one, and they had yep. Wilson as the face. Oh, it's so yes. funny with his like Ignite logo on his shirt. It was funny. Yes, and now but, and now they're the title sponsor. Yeah, yeah, the official. The official CBD of Monster Energy Supercross. Yep. Is that not awesome? Yep. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But I'm happy for him. I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy. I'm glad f- that they opened the doors to it. And yes. Other, Absolutely. Other, you know, regardless of what it is, we need more sponsors and things that believe in motorsports, whether it's drag racing, supercross, whatever. So, I, yeah, a, good deal. Totally agree. And the CBD stuff, bring it to the marketplace. If you're a motorsports organization, let every last one of them come into the sport and spend their money because the legitimate ones are impacting people every day to, to allow people to live a healthier or less painful, uh, less stressed life. Uh, PTSD veterans organizations are promoting it, it, you know, to keep us vets off of you know, prescription drugs and pills. Uh, so yes, if you're a motorsports organizer out there, executive, do not start limiting, uh, the companies to come into our racing associations. Don't give exclusives, let everybody in so that the market can be free and everybody can have a say and, and be healthier. So with that, I'm kind of excited about our guest tonight. I mean, so am I, you know, we went from, Last week's episode of lose, lose, lose of every guest that seemed like that we uh, bailed on us, you know, didn't show, and then then we've got to subject our listeners to dumpster fires of just you and I talking. Um, but nonetheless, um, to hear, and it's funny, right? This this is, and I don't know, Cam, I don't think I told you this, but the the guest that's coming on tonight actually sent me a text that he was listening to the podcast when we called him out about being <laughs> on the show. So it was really cool that that, you know, that that took place. That kind of, that always makes us, or at least makes me feel good anyway. When I, you know, like you said, we do get people that come up and, and send us hate mail, uh, uh, other than your wife to uh, tell us how bad our show is or how good our show is. So we always appreciate that. But that being said, we're going to get to talk to somebody tonight 
that has been on the emotional roller coaster of sponsors and woes, and he's driven. I, I'm going to consider him a race car driver because there was back in the day where he actually drove both ends of the racetrack. Um, oh, uh, yeah. But, but, I mean, it's back in the day. But so I, mean, I guess it, I'm still, regardless of what car I drive, I'm still a race car driver. I still, I still have a super comp car, even though Angie cleftoed it from me. But look, now you know you own a super comp car. Yeah. You don't drive a super comp car. Let, well, see, once it. again, what is it with wording and perspective that people just do not understand? Nonetheless, we are going to get a chance to spend a little bit of time with, as of the recording of this, now, uh, man, I was a little nervous there for a while, but he is still the world's quickest top fuel driver. Yeah, you are. Why is he, why is he shaking his head at me? He is. Don't shake. Don't be. How do you come onto our show and, and shake your head at me? What the hell? Well, anyway, forget it. So I'm just going to bring him in. He's shaking his head, throwing up and down. I don't even get to see him. All I see is oh, this is ridiculous. a little white circle. A little but. white circle. This is ridiculous. All right, folks, on the line with us, Mr. Clay Milliken from Drummond's, Tennessee, otherwise known as Smiley in my world of my days of IHRA because the guy never had a facial expression that wasn't a smile. And, I mean, you're going you're gonna to skip over the fact that he's like 19 billion time world champion. He's six-time champ on the IHRA side. I hate it when they say over on the I side or whatever. They, that freaking nonsense. Yeah, the world champ in my eyes, man. That's A. When they, when, when they say champ, he, he, he's got it. He's got it. Sir, how are you doing this evening? i tell you what, I am doing good, and I'm glad to be on the show tonight. And I'm also glad, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm central time, but Don, I know you always gripe that it's too late, you know, a West Coast cam this little earlier in the day, but I am definitely a nighttime guy. So uh, this doing this late at night is perfect for me because if you said you want to do it at eight o'clock in the morning, I would have said uh, I'm busy, which means I'm asleep. <laughs> I, I was going to say I noticed I noticed that you took a little while before you responded to my text this morning. So I was trying to you know thought maybe you were in the gym or something you know or you know conference call with Tokyo or something. I didn't know. Yeah, I think you text about seven thirty this morning, and it's um, yeah, I he's up he's yet. really good at that, isn't he? I uh, didn't wake me up. I promise you. Can. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, hold on. We'll, we're going to go right to this head shaking thing. I'm sitting here looking at the record book listing. It still has you listed at three sixty two eight. That's because it hadn't been updated. Brittany reset the record uh, at Reading, maybe. She went. She went three sixty two five, but yeah, I didn't think she backed. She didn't back it up though, did she? No backup required these days. If you do it, you've done it. No backup required anymore. See, there it goes back to that whole participation trophy bullshit. <laughs> I did it once. I should. I well, get I credit for it all the time. I did it once. Well, I have to tell the truth. I didn't back it up when I went 62 either. So <laughs> I guess the electronics are so good now, they just don't do that anymore, you know? Well, hey, in fair reporting, you're still listed on the NHRA.com website when I went to looking for records that you had set. So, hey, until they change it, buddy, keep taking credit for it. Well, I appreciate that. That's for sure. <laughs> well, hey, Clay, we're, we're going to get right to it. Uh, Obviously, everybody knows now you're you're pretty much a uh, 
an avid listener, a uh, constant follower of this dumpster show that we run, uh, racers and rental cars and your travels up and down the road. And we've got a diverse crowd that listens. Why? We still do not know why we get the numbers that we do, but we're grateful for them. How about you give our listeners just a quick elevator pitch about your background? Well, like, like you said, I grew up in Drummonds, Tennessee. I still live in Drummonds, Tennessee, and Daddy took me to races of all varieties, whether it was sprint car racing, uh, tractor pulls, I mean, NASCAR races. But the very first time that he ever took me to a drag strip, I can still remember a top fuel car. It was Big Daddy Don Garlitz racing Ron Booker, which had the world's fastest big block Chevrolet at the time. And that made an impression on me that from that point forward, I didn't know how, I didn't know if it would ever happen, but I was like, man, I just want to drive one of those things. So for me, from the time I was a little bitty guy, you know, nitro cars, top fuel cars in particular, I was just crazy about them. You know, I did, I just loved it. And I love drag racing. And I mean, and, and I got to admit, I love NASCAR. I kept up with it forever and ever and ever. I mean, my oldest son's named Kale, but man, there's just something about drag racing that I'm just consumed with it. I mean, it's all I do. I mean, even right now, you know, every day, that is what I do. It is drag racing from morning to night, usually more towards the nighttime because I was just talking about I don't like getting up in the morning. But, you know, whatever it takes, you know, to, to just figure out how to be out here. I mean, obviously, Cam is, is kind of in the spot that I was in a long time ago and you know, it's one of those things that you just keep beating on those doors and, you know, every person you see, every person you meet, you know, it's like, hey, this guy could be the guy that, that gets me to the next race, you know, and somehow, some way, this is my 21st year making a living driving top fuel cars. It's just crazy to me. I mean, I don't think Cam's much older than that. Yeah. <laughs> He's not. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And I'll take that. I'll take that. You yeah, know? I bet you would. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. If I, I tell everybody, Clay, this is like a total like geek out moment. But I tell people all the time, if I could be the next Clay Milliken, I feel I will feel like I made it. Man, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. So I too did a little digging before I came on the show, and Cam, I, I looked, and in two days I will have been married. 34 years, and I think that's longer than you've been alive. I think you're 33, if, if my research was correct. Yeah. Uh, you're close. I just turned 34 in July, but yes, yes. So I've been married almost as long as you've been alive. I mean, yep. that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, crazy. Oh, I love it. I love it right there. That that's is awesome. good. That is real good. Yeah, well, here, so, and this is, and it is, it's for me, because I grew up in the IHRA world being from the South, so... Uh, my, my days of being on the fence, watching the, watching the blue and yellow, uh, go up and down the racetrack and just run rough house over anybody that decided to pull through the gates at places like Darlington and Rockingham and us 131. Uh, that, that I think at one time, at one time, didn't you, didn't you have a record string at rocking? See, I'm getting off my list. I think you had a record string one time that went like four or five seasons at Rockingham. You had never lost a round. I, I'm the world's worst statistician, but I can tell you this. You know, we raced at Rockingham twice a year. I raced in the IHRA series for seven years in top fuel. 
And so that would mean we raced there 14 times. I think I won all of them, but one or two. Yeah, I... Rockingham built the house that I'm living in. I'll just, I'll just be honest. I'm still making, I'm still making payments on this house, but it, it gave me the confidence that, hey, I can, I can take out a loan and, and make payments on a house. And a lot of that was Rockingham. I mean, you know, the it, it's I, I needed Lewis Bloom for IHRA to be honest with you, but Rockingham was very good to me. You, you made a lot of people money that was sitting in them concrete seats on Friday and Saturday night. That's for sure. I do know this, that the quickest run in IHRA history was my last race at Rockingham. We went, this is, of course, quarter mile time, but we went 448 there. And that's still the record. And, I mean, 448, even back in the day in NHRA, was, you know, like top of the page kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I was moving back then. And that was was in 07, right? 06. uh, I think we might have went 48 in 06, yes. Uh, and that's a 370 cam, by the way. Just, just kind of put it in these numbers. Yeah. It was a three, like a 376 or something like that. And that that's was cool. 48 in the quarter mile. That's rad. Yeah. And Cam, let me tell you this, dude. I cringe and pucker when I go to Rockingham to test now to run quarter mile. There is no way you would e- you would get to the end of the racetrack and be like, "Oh my god, I'm on the I- what do they what's what do they call that out there in California? The I five? What is that? Yeah, yeah. You know how rough the I five is? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah boy. That's the Rockingham <laughs> shutdown area. I like it. So I got to ask this question real quick, and, and then, Cam, this is definitely for you because you're a West Coast guy. You know. On this side of the, the Rocky Mountains where me and Don live, you know, we get on Interstate 40, you know, or we might even say, you know, hey, get on I-40. But out on that side of the world, why is it everything is the? It's the 405. It's the 5, the whatever. It's the. <laughs> you know, I don't know. And I've had that question asked to me all the time. and Because, you know, even um, like in Canada, like, you know, Angie's family and stuff, they get on they do, oh, yeah, we're going to go hit 40 or whatever, not the 40. It's the same thing. <laughs> You're like, and they look at me like I'm from Mars, you know? But I, I don't know. That That's a good question, but that, that comes up quite a bit. If I don't know if there's some West Coast slang thing that, you know, none of us around here know how to spoke correct, uh, correctly. Uh-huh. But, if we yeah. say the 40, it's because we're going to go get a 40 from the convenience store. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's probably the problem because everybody in California is, Generally, probably high or drunk at the time that they're on the I five. They've been to the CBD store. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Well, Clay, you know we are a business show about marketing and everything that goes up and down in the world of motorsports. Let's uh, let's like rip a band aid off, or maybe even something that's been stitched. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna run down your owner list off the top of my head. I honestly don't have any of this wrote down. So I want you to insert where I'm wrong. You started with Peter. Yep. Then you went to Evan. Yep. Then you went to Mark. Yes, sir. Then you went to yourself. You skipped one. We skipped one. I, I missed Kenny Koretsky Was at Peter uh, Lehman. Ah. Uh, okay. All right. How long was that? Was that just a season? No, that was a couple of years, actually. I've got a great story if we got time for it. Go for yeah. it. All right. So, you know, Evan Knoll was sponsoring every top fuel car in the IHRA except for mine. 
the Werner Enterprises car. He sponsored them all, seriously. And, of course, I was sponsored by one of the largest trucking companies in the United States. And and Evan came out with a, a, a product line for cleaning products, you know, waxes and tire shines, that sort of thing. And so I thought, man, here's an opportunity. I can offer him a business deal. You know, we're talking marketing on this show. So I thought, man, I can get him introduced right into the Warner Enterprises family. And so I arranged a meeting. Uh, I met with Evan Knoll at US 131 in Martin, Michigan at a, at a race there. And I went and, you know, had proposal made. I had pictures. I had everything. I'm ready to go. So I give him my whole spiel. Thought I did a good job with my sales pitch. And he sat there for a moment and, and uh, didn't really say nothing. He kept looking at me, and in my mind, I'm going, okay, he's not interested in, in any kind of business deal with Warner Enterprises at all. And, and then he says, do you have any idea how many millions I have spent to beat you? Mm-hmm. I said, no, not really. And he said, a lot. He said, I'm not really interested in sponsoring you. I'm interested in owning your team. Can you make that happen? Well, Kenny Koretsky owned the team at the time, and so I'm like, I don't know. I'll, I called Kenny, and Kenny's like, hey, you know, I, I'm not really interested in selling this team. We're sponsored by Warner Enterprises. Everything's good, but I'll talk to him. Well, I don't know what the numbers were, but apparently the numbers were well enough and big enough that uh, Kenny Koretsky sold the team to Evan Knoll. So there you go. That was how that happened. Okay, nice. so that, that's got a smile. Happy ending, rainbows, we're all eating Girl Scout cookies and high-fiving. And then 2008 comes. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. So 2008 comes along. Uh, We had raced the full, that was the first complete and total full season I did in the NHRA. We had the old rock band Rat on the side of the car. The Evan Noe owned the car, and he was working with the, the tour that, that Rat was doing. And so we had Rat on the car. And anyway, Donna and I had bought a brand new dually and a brand new trailer for my kid Dalton to race motocross out of. Essentially, we spent a hundred grand. You know, we bought a brand new dually, brand new trailer. We're loading it to take Dalton to his first motocross race. And I get a phone call that we are done. Uh, the office in Michigan has been shut down. And all racing has come to a stop. So I went from uh, a guy fully funded, knocking down rounds left and right here and there, driving a top fuel car to get a phone call telling me I have no job. And I just spent a hundred grand to buy a truck and trailer that now I 100% don't need because if I don't have a job, I can't afford to take my kid to the motocross races. And so we went from loading his trailer to take him to his first race with his big, bad new rig to uh, knocking on doors again. Happened that quick. You know, it, it uh, really no explanation. You know, obviously we saw what what happened and what was on the news and all that. But I've never actually talked to Evan once after I got that phone call. Actually, he, he wasn't even the one that made the phone call, but. All I knew was uh, I went from being on top of the world to out of a job in one wow. boat, just like that. Wow! You, you are not lo- you are not alone in that in that phone call tree or phone tree of messages. <laughs> no, it was there, a lot of racers got that phone call, were, and it was rough. You know, it was really rough, and that was that was where Mark Pickens 
came in. He was able to buy all of the equipment, which we had a lot of nice equipment. I mean, a lot of nice stuff. Um, we had, we were actually kind of preparing to start a second top fuel team at that time. So we had already been acquiring all of the equipment to do that. And it was not secondhand stuff. This was all, you know, nice brand new stuff. And so Mark Pickens was able to buy a big portion of that and, you know, kind of kept me going. You know, that, uh, I've been not necessarily always the best at, at, at finding giant sponsors, so to speak. But I've been very fortunate in the fact that, I, that I've had a lot of good people along the way that have kept me in a, in a seat. You know, Mark Pickens and his wife Lauren were, were part of that group that have done that. That's, that's just kind of how it's went. That's awesome. Well, okay. So let's, let's jump forward a little bit. Okay. So you're down, you're out Mark and Mr. King, right? From TCI. Is that correct? Who? Yep. Raymond King actually is who introduced me to Peter Lehman. So Raymond's been part of my story from the time I was 16 years old. So when you went from that, so now, now you've got Mark, and and you're and you're racing. What year? What year did you swap over again? You only went a couple of years with Mark, right? He 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 was doing pretty good in business. Had the EFI. He was racing top sportsman. Some yep. we'd see him from time to time. Uh, went through the <laughs> ho- hope for Sudan, and then yep. you yep, had motivation on the car, which was the name of his electronic fuel injection company. Uh, that. That went for several years, actually, and it was in that time frame that I actually put the Parts Plus deal together. So just doing math, um, I've been with Parts Plus for nine years now, so I guess that was 2010 we started with, with Parts Plus, and Mark and Lauren decided that they had had enough of Top Fuel, but the... Kind of what happened then. Cameron, you listen to all this, kind of all this craziness that, that, that goes on to, to, to ride this journey out here. Yeah, I know. And, that, and <laughs> I've so, learned a lot this year when it comes to all this stuff. And it's, it, it makes you wonder if we're all insane. Oh, we are. But so Mark and Lauren basically decided they had had enough of Top Fuel. And, but the upside to that was I now had Parts Plus. Uh, Parts Plus, I was able to take. And I went to Bob Vandergriff. I drove that car for one year. And then I went to Dexter Tuttle for a year. And again, this is all with Parts Plus. And man, love those guys for um, sticking with me, you know, from through, through a couple different owner changes there. And all of this time, I had been, for many years, been beating on Doug Stringer's door because Doug Stringer was essentially in charge of the marketing company that handled Great Clips. So Great Clips, you know, they were NASCAR racing and spending, you know, who knows what over there because we know if you're involved with a Hendrick car and Casey Kane, that's big money. Mm-hmm. And I had beat on his door and beat on his door. And, and so I'm driving Dexter Tuttle's car and, and Dexter comes to me partway through the year. He's like, look, my business is growing like crazy. And there is just no way that I'm going to be able to to do all the races. You know, I, I just can't. My, my business is what pays my bills, and the racing is just fun for me. And so I'm beating on Doug's door. I'm trying to find more money. 
so that I can make the move to one of the big teams, you know, go to one of the, and, and I know Cam's a supercross guy, I'm a motocross guy, but I call them the factory teams. You yep. know, I needed more money so I could go to a factory team being, you know, Schumacher or Coletta, you know, land one of those factory rides. Well, I was just hammering on Doug and, and long story short, he kind of shocked me instead of, you know, giving me the sponsor dollars from Great Clips, he decided to start his own team. And so that's, that's kind of where I've been ever since, you know, uh, Unfortunately, you know, Great Clips has went away, but but we're still rocking right along. You know, it's it's pretty amazing. You know, we're uh, we are a very very small team, and I know I'm on here with Cam. That's it's on an even smaller team, but it's tough. You know, it really really is. But you know, you, if you want it bad enough, you get the right people in place, and you know, you just you just keep swinging at it. You know, you work within what you got, and and you be really careful with with your right foot when you got to be and you listen to the radio when you got to, and you can keep parts underneath you. And the next thing you know, you know, y'all would not believe who's calling me. That's Randy folk. Y'all, y'all know Randy folk. You're kidding Randy me. Folk. What, what is, what is he doing? Calling? He's got a race to run. I said, he, shouldn't they be running a race right now? They're, 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 right now. Yeah. Tomorrow they're supposed to be running for 60 and, or no, I think they're running for 60 today and they're running the million tomorrow. Tomorrow and Friday, if we're if I'm remembering that right, as we're recording on Wednesday. Maybe he just wants to join in on the races. Uh, and probably, probably so. Probably so. Yeah, I did just post a photo that we were doing this. That's probably why he called. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. isn't your shop still on your property? The shop was here in Tennessee. It wasn't really never on my property, but it was. I live in Drummonds, and the shop was in Munford, Tennessee, which is only six miles away, but. The shop is when Doug started the team, you know, I had nothing left here in Tennessee. When Mark, when Mark got out of the top fuel business, everything got sold and the shop that I had lived at for every day for 18, 19 hours a day was just gone, you know, which was really hard and it was weird not having a shop here anymore. But, uh, so starting with Vandergriff and Dexter, you know, I was, I was the, uh, Prima Donna driver guy flying into the races. And Cam, I can see you smiling. Uh, <laughs> he so is. The, shop, the yeah. shop is now in, in Doug Stringer's backyard, literally. It's it's two metal buildings right in his backyard. When the when the truck tractor trucks pull in, you drive right past his house, you make a circle and, and back into a, a metal building in Doug's backyard. That's cool. That's one way for oversight. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, it makes the rent much better. Talking about racers and rental cars, it makes the rent <laughs> in the backyard. You know, that's actually kind of how the Peyton, the Peytons have it set up in Canada. Barry Peyton's shop is in yeah. his backyard, and it's it's a bitchin' setup the way he's got his beautiful house up front. But I, I think it's only like, I mean, he only has like five acres or maybe even less. But you go, you pass his house, and it's just this huge building in the back. That's for like when they were doing the IHRA, the, the when they had the Optima batteries deal, they built this big old shop. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, basically same setup here. You know, Doug's got a gorgeous house, and and the, the shop building down one side is all windows, and he's got a beautiful lake or pond. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you know the guys go fishing at night, and it's it's kind of cool. You know, it's it's definitely very family oriented. When I I go to the shop pretty regularly. It's only 250 miles from here, so I go up there. And, I mean, I've got uh, 
a bedroom in their basement at Doug's house. And, you know, it's just, it's just a really family oriented deal. That's cool. That's so, cool. You've always seemed to kind of make it, make it family oriented. I always see you and your wife together and, um, this is really cheesy too. Like my wife and I talk about that because there's so much, there's so much of this like shady stuff that goes on and stuff outside, you know, cause you're traveling and all this stuff. And it's like, that's one of the reasons why I always say if I could be the next Clay Milliken, because you're, you're still together with your wife and you guys still do it together. And that we think that is just the coolest thing ever. Well, I, I appreciate that. I really do. I mean, I, I, I did it for a lot of years in IHRA without her being able to go because she was our security blanket. I mean, when I quit my job, I worked at Kroger Food Warehouse for 11 years, and and she's actually the one that got me to quit my job. I thought I would just hang in there until I got fired for missing too many days, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, so there was many, many years that that she worked, and I didn't. All I did was was chase money, and I never found any, to be honest with you. I mean, she just was paying the bills. and Yeah. Back no, that's this- good. That It just seems like you guys have a really good relationship. And, you know, that that's actually been a hard thing for us this year with, you know, we got our little guy, Jet, and you know, she hasn't been, you know, she would be at every race if she, if she possibly could, you know, but we can't afford it right now. So, but, yep. and also we have the little guy and it's hard to travel back and forth with, with a one-year-old. So, um, she's chomping at the bit to get back out there. You know, if we ever get some sort of funding to, to get her there and I would love to, to, you know, have the mo- live the motorhome life for a little while and, and, uh, and do the tour. But, um, F that. maybe, maybe one day you can, you can make it happen because what I didn't mention in while she was working and had a job, we had, two little kids, you know, we, we, we did that. And, uh, there was times when she would, you know, grandma would keep the boys and she would fly to the races yep. and, you know, she was, she was my backup girl back in the day, you know? And it's so funny. Yeah. Angie hates that. Everybody gives her so much crap. She's like, they're like, who's that girl back in camera? Up? She's like, Oh, it's, it's so-and-so or so-and-so's girlfriend or whatever. And they're like, well, what do you get mad? And she's like, no, I hate that. I have little legs. I feel like I look funny when I run. <laughs> <laughs> so I make her do it. I make her do it sometimes. Just Oh yeah. I, Donna used to do it all the time. She'd have her wear enterprises shirt on and yeah. I never could get her to wear no short skirt or nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. That's not Angie's cup of tea either, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, or the tall boots or none of that, but we, we would always try to get her to, but she never would, you know, it just wasn't her thing. That's for sure. But you know, that's the other thing I didn't mention that happened in 2008 was at the first part of that year, um, I was, I guess, for whatever reason, me and, and Evan, we convinced Donna to quit her job that was in the, uh, she, she was, I call her a drug dealer. She worked in the drug industry. She worked for a lot drug company. So she had an awesome job and I got her to quit her job. And then a few months later, we lost, you know, our, our deal with Evan, you know, so we, we were not only out of my job, we were out of the security blanket that we had always had. So for the first time ever, neither one of us have a job, you know, so, uh, it, it's crazy, you know, but you we, just get through it. You just keep powering yeah. through it regardless of, of what you got to do. Yeah. You just keep, keep working forward and, you know, uh, back to the marketing side of things. I got to tell a quick Mark Pickens story as well. And I kind of just gave away the punchline to it, but we were in Phoenix testing early part of the year. One year a guy comes up, he's got on, you know, what do you call them? Jesus 
go-getters or <laughs> Jerusalem cruisers. Yeah, Jerusalem cruisers. Yeah. This guy comes up with Jerusalem cruisers on, you know, a t-shirt and, and nothing. And, and he's like, Hey, I'm from, I'm from the Memphis area. And we talked for a moment and fast forward a few years. That person was Mark Pickens. I didn't even know him. And, you know, we ended up owning the team. So, I mean, yep. you, know, you never kids, know who you're talking to. Yeah. You just never know. You know, there's always that awesome story of Scotty Cannon and Oakley, you know, how that happened, kind of a similar situation. And you just never know who you're talking to. I mean, Warner Enterprises, I, I can tell a, a quick marketing story on that as well. Uh, the first year that we raced Top Fuel, it was just with my buddies from around here. You know, Peter bought the equipment from Tommy Johnson. It was all the old Mopar stuff when he was sponsored by Mopar and the car run good because Mike Clover knew what he was doing. Unfortunately, me and all my buddies, we didn't know how to service a top fuel car. And so, uh, he had a guy come to help us that wasn't interested in working full time or anything like that because we couldn't pay anybody full time. But his dad was vice president at Werner. And so that gave us an in and Peter put together, and this was well before you hear this all the time now, a business to business plan with those guys to where it didn't cost them a fortune to go racing. And that's kind of how that happened. You know, wow. we, we hired a kid to come help us that had a little experience. His dad was a uh, vice president there and he showed up at Rockingham, which we may or may not have won, uh, and watched us race and met us all. And that was, that was the, the opening of the door to the Werner Enterprises, which lasted for six years and six straight world championships. And I have totally got off anything that you've asked me, Don. I'm screwing up your whole show here. <laughs> no, this is this is how it gets no, good, man. This, that, this there's no, nothing at all wrong with that, Clay. Did so you listen get, to the Brett Kepner episode? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Kepner. So I, I have a Kepner story as well. And Cam, <laughs> you should. You should. Yes. From all the IHRA days, you totally should have a Brett Kepner oh, story. Yes, I've got a lot of them, but... So long before the days of internet, which Cam, I know you won't remember that, but before the internet, there used to be a 800 number you could call in to find out who won the races. And I see Don wow. shaking his head because he hadn't thought of this forever. No, I so, for completely forgot about it. <laughs> so I finally win my first national event. This was an IHRA modified eliminator class. Brett Kepner is the TV guy. So I got him to actually call my sister, and he did the 100% what you would get if you called in on the 800 number. He did that to my sister, and that's how they found out I won my first national event. And he never let her answer or say anything. He just said, you know, winner in the IHRA modified eliminator class, Clay Milliken for his first win, and hung up on her. You know, that's what he did. So That's awesome. Yeah, Kepner's a great guy. Love Kepner. Yeah. Cool, oh, for cool, sure. Dude. Well, you, yeah, you might have gotten us a little off track, but you know, we we're gonna. I was gonna ask you about what what keeps you going to continue to drive after all these years. If if it has to be answered after the last thirty minutes of a conversation, then I know <laughs> nobody's really grasping what we're talking about here. Uh, and you obviously have talked a little bit about your day to day. I we're gonna we're gonna start down the downhill wrapping this deal up. I want to know because you are and i and i think this is right i think there's only i think there's only five or another six drivers i think currently on the on the on the roster that have raced in both quarter mile and thousand foot i don't i think 
I think if that's correct, because if you go down, Brittany's never raced quarter mile. Steve Torrance has only raced quarter mile in a fuel. Because all that all that changed before him. I'm almost positive. Now Steve might have. Steve might have because he didn't he, he drove for Dexter. For a he while. Drew, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Okay, so maybe maybe there's eight then. But I want to talk. I, you know, Cam. He doesn't. The only thing quarter mile. He's a race super comp. But anyway, uh, get out of here. <laughs> Dude. Fuel, nostalgic funny car. You know. I'm just giving all crap. those cars that don't have doors. What about Australia? Was that thousand foot? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. They had already they, changed. Yeah, it. yeah. They they recently changed it, but yeah, it's it's a thousand foot down there too. So what do we need to do, Clay? To because obviously quarter mile to a thousand foot was completely safety related. It had to be. I mean, there's even some of these racetracks that we continue to go to that at 200 miles an hour, I'm still like, holy cow, we're making the swing down here and it's we're coming in a little hot. Um, what do you think it is? What direction do we need to start going? Is it in the engineering? Is it a combination of things to try to get the, the expense factor under control to help our sport? We talk a lot about, you know, we sometimes you have to save yourself from yourself nascar is nascar is like all in and saving themselves from themselves at this point uh they're backing up they're trying to cut costs they're trying to help the teams with all of their with all of their payments and, and expenses and trying to help them with their marketing programs and so forth but we're, but we're not there yet in NHRA, uh, for, from a business plan, if you will, as far as a structure, what do you what do you feel like we need to do, and how soon do you feel like we need to do it before the sport that we uh, all three continue to love and have passion for may start to deteriorate some? Man, that's a really really tough question. I mean, I'm gonna say right off the get go that I think drag racing is in a better spot right now than it's probably been in decades and you know give credit to street outlaws no prep racing whatever you want to give it credit to i mean drag racing is actually pretty healthy as far as people coming and people watching on tv all of that now your question on the fuel cars is a tough one and i always have a little bit of problem and nervousness when i think they're going to do something to slow the cars down because here's what's going to happen. First of all, they've let the genie out of the bottle of what it takes to make these cars go so fast. If you can't unlearn what you, what you know, you know, so when they start talking about slowing these cars down, you know, whether it's, you know, the opening of the supercharger, whatever, whatever you want to pick. The problem with that is, is that is a crushing blow to Cam's team and my team. And here's the reason why. The factory teams have blower dynos. They have the ability to test their car. They have so many more resources than us that the trickle-down effect is several seasons later where we haven't had a big rule change in a long time, and I can take my team and run really good. Cam can take his team and come and qualify and go 380s. If they change something drastically to, to slow these things down, what's that going to do to, to teams like ours? You know, because the factory teams are going to be able to figure that out way before we can because we just can't afford to test. 
you know, we can't, we don't have the equipment those guys got. And essentially we're waiting on them to develop whatever it is that will slowly make its way to the small teams that we can end up buying. Yeah, exactly. You know, we end up buying their used stuff, you know, and it's hard when they make a, a, a rule change to slow the cars down. Um, the racing is exceptionally close right now, and I agree. I mean, uh, something's got to be done to eliminate the cost. The simplest and quickest way that I think to do that is let's don't race on Friday. That takes away two runs. That's big bucks. That takes away hotel rooms for a day. Uh, that you know that just t- you know, rental cars. You name it. You know, less. Uh, Let's maybe knock a few races off the schedule. And already right there, without touching our race cars, we have saved tens of thousands. Yeah, I I agree 100%. So, see, now we're going to go, we're going to chase this rabbit back because Cam and I have chased it numerous times. And we have other, let's just say, um, drag racing uh, we call them experts. I guess we can call them experts. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but nonetheless, uh, that don't agree with some of our ideology. Uh, of so, I am I am totally with you in the fact that if you make a rule change uh, at that level, right at that level, um, it's it's an ex exponent for yeah. Oh, uh, it's <laughs> what uh, it didn't come out. No, it didn't. Oh, <laughs> god dang! Now he's blaming I, it on the microphone. Is this thing yeah. on? Hey, <laughs> I didn't get that right. In our industry, anyway. Uh, this thing on? Industry, <laughs> industry. Yeah. It's it's just not going to work. It's going to cause more problems. But just like you said, I am for cutting races off the schedule. I'm for cutting qualifying back. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm from the South. I grew up in the days of there is nothing cooler than first round of eliminations under the lights on Saturday night. I'm, I'd be for that. I, I mean, heck, we don't. I mean, didn't we have days when we did two qualifiers and first round in the pros in the IHRA days? I know we've. I know we've done that before. That's why I keep saying. I, I got to tell you, when I went to Australia, we raced Friday and Saturday night, and. The stands were packed. The I mean, and it was even raining. Like, it it allows people to get there, and then Sunday you can go home, you can go to church, you can watch football, you can do things as a family. You know, as racing is a family sport, right? So you can travel and home, whatever, day. and get and get to work on Monday. I, and it's a rain day if needed. Exactly. Yeah, I and and I know it, that everybody's going to say. Well, you know, then you got to start cutting out the sportsmen because we only have so many hours in a day. We have so much labor time on our safety safari guys and our track employees. And guess what? I'm with you. Hey, guess I, I mean, I love the pros, but I also feel like because of the street outlaws and the no prep stuff, I feel like that we can put on regional shows where oh, yeah. you, you can bring in the other classes that have to be on certain rotation bases and let them come in and let the sportsmen come in and we can have our own little sports nationals or regional events and still be good for the sport and keep the expense level down for everybody. Uh, it's just out of control right now on what it costs 
for not only sportsman racers, but for the professional teams that are that, you know, well, I mean, there are those of us in the sportsman world that that's what we're doing to make a living, too. But not as many as the pros. But still, at the same time, it's still a business plan and it's a structure. And there's not a whole lot of trickle down right now of trying to cut the costs. Um, so I just kind of wanted to see uh, see what you if you were on the same page with us, if you had the same kind of you know direct or point of view uh, to help improve the sport i'm with you i think drag racing is great i think it's doing well whether it's pdra or uh the midwest pro mod series guys bracket racing all the 500 500k races and the million dollar races and so forth it's awesome there's a lot of racing going on but at the same time we are continually when we talk about the fact that all three of us race in hra that is the the pinnacle of the mountain and if the mountain starts to crumble, that trickle-down effect is going to hit the other other sports uh, or the other classes and the other levels of drag racing that are impacted by manufacturers and marketing programs and consumers and so forth. So I just don't want to see it get to the point where um, people are falling to the wayside. I mean, I've heard rumors, but I've heard of six teams losing major sponsors for next year and nobody yeah. to announce. It's it's a crazy tough tough business, you know. And it's if it's less qualifying runs, I mean that's to me just the first easiest way to save money. I mean our team has skipped a few runs this year when we know we're qualified. I mean I know Cam has to pick and choose when they run the, the dragster. It's a very simple way to save money. But we are in the entertainment business, and you hate to to skip runs. But if they're if they were just eliminated then the fans will be there when they're supposed to be there. And, you know, yeah. let's make it two qualifying sessions and, and get after it, you know? Or, well, that's the thing. It's like if, if half the time we're, we're struggling to fill the field and there's four qualifying sessions, you may actually have more people try to show up to qualify if it is only two sessions because they know they can only make that. And, you know, sometimes they all, well, if it's four, we're for sure not going to get in because... You know, all the bigger teams have more shots at the track, yep. blah, 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 you know. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. All right, Clay. So we're going to get out of here because Wonder Boy over there has got to go to dinner. <laughs> um, to this guy. I'm just, hey, I'm the just. The one I, time I get to go to dinner with the lovely wife. Don't, don't. <laughs> we got a baby not, and everything. Do not try. Do not try to turn the bus around and run <laughs> me over with it. Do not even try to attempt with that nonsense. I'm surprised she hasn't texted me yet. Or uh, a lot of times she'll be leaning up against the, the door. door. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm waiting. I'm, I, one of these times, I just know she's just going to come barging gonna in. She's going to burst into the door. Yeah, and be like, yeah. Okay, that's, that's enough a, of this. Yeah, yeah. Pull a plug. <laughs> yeah. Well, Clay, see, what y'all don't know is Donna has been poking her head in here every now and then. She held one note up that said. Did you feed the dogs? <laughs> and I just shook my head, kind of like I did about you in the national record. And the other note was, you know, was uh, how come I'm not talking? That's while I was waiting to come on. You know, uh, so yeah, uh, I get it. Believe me. Yeah, well, make sure that she knows that you fed the dog or didn't feed the dog, because my dog got fed twice this morning for breakfast because hey, I, I didn't tell my wife that I fed her before I left. So. I gotta say, you know, at least in all three of our experiences, I guess, or lives. Behind every good man is an even better woman. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Clay, we're going to wrap this up, and you know how we wrap it up. Get two questions. The first one, you get get to send one Christmas card. Who are you sending it to? 
This year, I am going to send my Christmas card to Mike Clover, a guy who had left the sport. Yeah, that's a pretty cool comeback story. Yes, been gone for eight years. Not a few months, eight years. Buys himself a motorhome. Him and his wife left their home and have not been home except when we raced Seattle. This guy jumped in with both feet, gave up everything to uh, hit the road again with me, and I am having a freaking blast having my partner back rolling me into the beams. That's badass. Yeah, you, mean, like you that. mean you mean he's not like a rookie crew chief or something? Like, you know, I mean... He, he's never done this before, or anything, right? Has, uh, no, no, no idea. Where is he? Where is he staying at? I had heard the whole motorhome deal, left home, kind of deal, and I just kind of, you know, eyebrow raised. But then you think about who you're talking about, and you go, oh, "That sounds about right." You should uh, follow his wife on Instagram. That's good. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, his wife's a good follow. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Tractors and dogs. Okay. Tractors and dogs. Yep. Okay. All right. They're in Winslow, Arizona, because I, I just saw she posted that earlier. So they're on their way to Vegas right now. They're in Winslow, Arizona. And she started singing the song in, in the uh, caption down there. I like it. All right. I'll have to give that a follow. All right, Clay, last one. You get to send one WTF card to somebody in motorsports. Who are you sending it to? I've got a couple of them, but that's okay. Go, go ahead. Yeah, we like I would have thought this would have been really hard for the nicest man. In, in That's exactly right. Uh, you, you'll change your opinion. I mean, y'all don't take this the wrong way, but the first, the first one is going to go to y'all too because it took forty-eight episodes for me to get on here. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I like to talk, and this is a talk show. <laughs> Is it 48? Is this right? Yeah, yeah. Epi- episode We're 48. We're intimidated by greatness, you know. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so 48 episodes to the guy that loves to talk and, and gets in trouble from his wife for talking to him. So, uh, and, and also, I love it. He's the first guy that sends us the That's WTF it. Card. That is exactly right. First one. Yeah. Right to, right to uh, hate mail at racers and rental cars. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's it. And, and my other one, this this kind of come up today because I had like the I'm hosting the, a break school this weekend right here at home uh, at the racetrack in Memphis, and so I've been like running back and forth to the racetrack. It's only like twenty minutes, thirty minutes away or whatever. But this WTF goes out, and I'm hosting a teenage driving school. But this WTF <laughs> goes out to every person on the road that does not realize what the left lane is truly for and that is passing get out of the left lane people the skinny pedal on the right people yes it sister i was on the 51 i was on the 51 51 (laughs) the 51 trying to get to the racetrack like three times today and i had you know somebody in the left lane you know wouldn't get out of the way but that happens all the time and I'm going to send one more WTF out to when you're in your toter home and you're, you know, you're trying to merge and there's a lane open and they won't move over into the left lane and you have to like put on the brakes and, you know, yeah. your, your caterpillar motor won't pick up speed very fast. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, my WTFs. See, I like it. Uh, I like it. Yeah. You totally, you and your wife would fit right in if your wife's yelling at you, uh, like mine does because my whole thing is as she um we did it coming no we were going to charlotte see i forgot to tell that story and we were actually i think we were in knoxville we were coming through knoxville going to charlotte and 
it was construction on the 40 and uh <laughs> and, and it was the you know how like anything one lane merge they start you know they give it to you a mile in advance you know yep. start merging right and so i put on my blinker and was merging over and a lady sped up to try to get you know in front of me and i just kept coming over and she was about where the triple axles were on the gooseneck trailer and she's laying on her horn and she finally realizes that there is a concrete barrier or my trailer she can pick which one she wants to hit and i kept oh i'm coming up look when when you see my turn signal on you can either get out of the way or slow down but i'm coming over so don't be between me and whatever it is that i'm coming over into i'm bigger move uh, people just, I don't know. They don't, they don't pay attention, but my, my wife I'm says, out. my wife says nope. that people just aren't aware. They, they, no brains, they, no headache. Yeah. They, they're just, I'm going to have 144 kids that are going to listen to me for a little while this weekend teaching this. I'm not teaching the school, hosting the school, but they're going to hear about watch out for big trucks in the left lane. We will squash you. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't care how many airbags you have. Um, you're not the marshmallow guy from Ghostbusters. Yeah, you don't lose. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Well, hey, Clay, thanks for being on. Sorry it took us 48 episodes. Thanks for giving us our first WTF. <laughs> Greatly <laughs> appreciate that. And I'm sure we'll get some hate mail next week for giving you the record and not Brittany. Uh, probably, it'll probably be Kelly. She'll Antonelli, she listens. So uh, we've had her on before, so she'll probably be the first one to fill up the inbox and say, that's Brittany's record. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Clay, Thank you very much, sir. Always a pleasure. I can't say enough about you as being a, you know, just like Bo and some of the other guys, you're a racer's racer. And uh, we, right. we, we great. greatly, greatly great appreciate ambassador. you. Great ambassadors for the sport. You know, that's, that's uh, what we like to have on the show. And we're, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I look up to you a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm like a total nerd geeked out. Maybe that's why we didn't have you on the show because I was just too nervous to ask. Right? <laughs> Like 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 you're like the like celebrity crush. Oh, <laughs> oh it's gonna get good, Clay. Yeah. But please uh, thank your wife for us as well because I yeah. know it's uh, Wednesday evening and uh, we greatly appreciate her uh, cutting you loose to spend some time with us and our guests and uh, we hope that you'll uh, be tuning in uh, next week. I don't know if I have a reason to listen to this episode or not since I was on it, but my wife says the same thing. She says yeah. the same damn thing. I'm like, have you downloaded? She's like, no, I listened to it. And I'm, she's like, I listened to your record. I'm like, help our damn numbers, lady. Yeah. Whose team are you on? Uh, guys, thank you very much. Cam, I look forward to seeing you in Vegas. Don, I don't know where I'll see you next, but uh, it was PRI, good PRI, baby, PRI. PRI, you will have the cutout of Cam around with you. Nailed it. I'm, I'm getting him made. I'm getting him made. I want to carry Cam around. He'll be making a cameo for the entire PRI week. Might even take him out to dinner for my anniversary with Dodge. Set him, set him right there in the table. He's going on the town with me. Uh, good <laughs> guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we will see you guys at the racetrack or PRI show. Sounds Thank, good. Thanks, see you, Clay. Clay. Good luck. Cam, you can't get any cooler than having somebody that has had the ups and downs, the Ferris wheel. I, I mean, now, granted, completely at the professional level, to go from being a six-time world champ to not having a ride, I mean, we could 
you know, we could probably throw somebody else in that boat and, and Clay could paddle him around a little while and give him some pointers. Uh, yeah. But, you know, just to be able to spend some time with him and you can hear his passion and his voice for the sport and and know you, you hit the nail on the head. You took the ambassador title for him. Uh, I, I mean, it's just really cool to have somebody like Clay and, and his wife be able to be part of our sport and, and set the example, if you will, uh, for, for what the most of us are trying to do. Yep, absolutely. You know, it, it, uh, it doesn't get any better than that in, uh, in my eyes. So uh, kudos to him and, you know, all of his, his stuff. And uh, we thank you. And, you know, as usual, thank Voice America for uh, helping produce Brian, JT, the boys over there, Stupid Fast Racing for all of your Stupid Fast Racing apparel and your Racers and Rental Cars stuff. If you're not at an NHRA event, you can always get it at racersandrentalcars.com. We still got a lot of stuff going on there. We got some sales this week, so we appreciate those. Um, yeah, and uh, performance data systems for all your data logger needs and streetway marketing media for any uh, any uh, professional service contracts you uh, need from uh we we, uh, we hook you up we can hook you yeah. up dude it Don, is it's october Cameron, you know. it's october can, it. I, can i beat my handle i'm beating my fist on the table it's october it's fall folks it's fixing to be winter you need a hoodie you need a racers and rental cars hoodie get them get them get them i would love to see them uh you know it's going to be cold in vegas during the divisional i hope everybody out there goes and grabs a hoodie uh thank you very much to stupid fast greatly appreciate it I'm gonna go grab. I'm gonna go grab mine and take my beautiful bride to to dinner, so I won't be wearing it uh, in the doghouse when I'm sleeping outside. So, I gotta run. Later. See ya. Let's put it up for the weekend. Oh, yeah.